Beth Zada or Beth Zeda. Meaning of this word is house of mercy. House of mercy. But it wasn't really like a merciful place when you read the story. The pool had a reputation of having the healing power. It heals people. That's why there were a lot of sick people around that pool. In these lay many invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed, full of sick people around that pool. The family brought them, and they came on their own, whatever reason, all kinds of different illness and diseases they had. Uh, some of them felt helpless, but they came to the pool. Because once in a while, they said, angel would come down to the pool and stir up the water. And then once the water is stirred up, the person who goes into the pool will be healed. That was a tradition. That's how they knew uh, about this pool. But there was condition. The one who goes in there enters into the pool first. The first person, when the water was stirred up, that only that person would be healed. Imagine what would happen once the water is stirred up. It'll be chaotic. There'll be fight. A lot of confusion. And also imagine before the water was stirred up, how they related to each other, how they lived their lives in relating to each other. That people beside you are not friends. They can never be friends. They're competitors. I have to beat them to be healed. So they always watch out for people around them. They can never be friends. All competitors. So it is called house of mercy, but it was not really a merciful place. Only the best of the best could benefit the healing. Only one person who was the fastest or who was the healthiest among all the sick people would, be, would get reward of healing. Is that mercy? Does that look like mercy? You know, my friends, mercy. It is a hard concept to understand. Because we don't see that, that around us. Mercy? Where is mercy? We don't see that much around us. You deserve what you get. That's what we see more, more around us. You deserve what you get. It is much more understandable and simple. If you work hard, you will get a reward. If you are the best, you will deserve the honor. If you are bad, you should get punished. Where is mercy? We all live in Bethzada. To be healed, you have to be the best. To be loved, you have to be the best. To be happy, 
you have to be the best. No other choice. This creates tremendous pressure, stress, disappointment, anger, and hopelessness. Everybody wants to be the best because that's a hap- that's where a happy life is. But not everyone can get there. And there, that's why there are a lot of disappointments and a sense of loss, failure, disappointment. We can see this hopelessness of this man who had been sick for 38 years. 38 years is quite a long time. 38 years. It is how long Israelites wandered in the wilderness. And the length of time we had traveled from Kadesh Barnea until we crossed the Wadi Zered was 38 years. Until the entire generation of warriors had perished from the camp as the Lord has sworn concerning them. For 38 years, this man lived with the mentality of Bethsaida. He continuously repeated to himself that he could not, he could never be the best. That meant he could never be healed and that meant he could never be happy. He was obsessed with being the best. He was always thinking about who will go before me They always go before me. I can never be the first person to enter into the pool. Ahead of me, there's always at least a person who goes ahead of me. He was obsessed with this thinking. That's why when Jesus asked a very simple question, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be healed? I mean, it's a very strange question. This man had been sick for 38 years. And you ask him, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be made well? Of course I want to be made well. Of course I want to be healed. Very simple question. But this man could not answer with simple, yes, I want to be healed. Yes, I want to be made well. He couldn't say that because he was obsessed with something else. Listen to his answer. Sir, instead of saying, I want to be healed. He said, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm making my way, someone else steps down ahead of me. That was his mentality. For 38 years, he lived with this sense of failure and disappointment. In his mind, what's the point of wanting to be healed? It's no use because there's always somebody who beats me. I can never be the best. I cannot go into that pool before other people. What's the use of wanting to be healed? It doesn't do any good to me. He didn't understand the concept of mercy. To him, being made well meant being the best. That's all. 
There was nothing else. And he could not be the best. That was his goal. Is that your goal? To be the best. Ask yourself, do you have to be the best to be happy? Do you have to be the best to be healed? Sometimes we think of our faith in that way too. We think that faith is a condition for God's love. You have to have that faith to be loved by God, we think. But didn't God love you even before you believed in him? Faith is our response to God's unconditional love rather than being a condition for God's love. Isn't it true? It is a response to God's unconditional love, not a condition for God's love. Why does God love me when I don't deserve any of his love? That question itself is the beginning of the faith journey. Why does God love me when I don't deserve it? When you start understanding, when you, raise, when you start raising that question, faith journey begins. That was what Paul discovered. Pure mercy of God. For while we were still weak, while, for while we were still weak, not when you're strong, while you're still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. But God proves his love for us in that while we are still sinners, Christ died for me. Not when you overcame your sins, but while you're still sinners, Christ died for you. Unless you understand the mercy of God or mercy, you cannot be happy in life. Happiness comes from knowing the mercy. It does not come from being the best. That's an illusion, my friends. You will never be happy by being the best. The joy and happiness does not come from being the best. That's an illusion. Joy and happiness come when you understand the mercy of life. When you experience the mercies of people around you. When you, understand, when you experience the mercy of God. When you understand the mercy of life. That's when you experience the joy and happiness. When we live, by, live day by day experiencing that mercy, that's when we become happy. Life is full of mercy. Look around you. God poured out mercy on this sinful world. 
so that we can experience the joy of life. Mercy is all around us, but we somehow lost that concept of mercy. When we try to be the best all the time, when we're obsessed with it, we lost the joy of experiencing the mercy. Salvation comes from experiencing the mercy of God and mercy of life. I hope that you can see the mercy around you from people. That's how Jesus wants us to live, merciful life. You know what Jesus said? If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even the sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much gain. But love your enemies. Do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. That's what mercy looks like. That's what life is supposed to look like. That's what Jesus taught us how to live our life. And after this, at the end, he said this. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. That was Jesus' conclusion. Be merciful as Heavenly Father is merciful. Be merciful to each other. Experience their mercy around you. Life is full of mercy, Jesus said. Good life is life of being merciful. This man who had been sick for 30, 38 years, finally experienced Jesus' mercy. He didn't have to be the best. He didn't have to be the first person who entered into the pool. And Jesus did not help him to be the best. Jesus did not help him to be the person who entered into the pool first. That's not how Jesus works. That's not how Jesus makes you happy by making you the best. That's not how Jesus works. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus simply told him, get up, stand up, take your mat and walk. Stand up. You don't need to be the best. Stand up now. Take your mat and walk. Simple as that. Jesus tells you, stand up and take your mat and walk. You are healed. This man who, this man was not a perfect, ideal person who deserved healing. He didn't have, he didn't even have faith 
in Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, he didn't even know who healed him. He was so self-centered, he didn't even know who healed him. Can you imagine it? Somebody healed him for, I mean, he had been ill for 38 years and somebody came and healed him and he didn't even know who healed me. He was just obsessed to be the best. That's all he was thinking of. And when he was in trouble, because of Sabbath, on Sabbath, you're not supposed to carry mat. So he was in trouble by the Jews. And Jews, why are you carrying the mat on Sabbath? And then instead of taking on the blame, he blamed Jesus. He didn't even know the name. But the man who healed me, he told me to take the mat and walk. I didn't do that on my own. That man told me to do it. He blamed Jesus. Let me go back to the scripture. The man who made me well said to me, take up your mat and walk. That's what he said. And then, so they asked him, the Jews asked him, who is the man who said to you, take it up and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was. So self-centered, so ungrateful. Finally, Jesus came back to him, and then he knew. Oh, it was Jesus who healed me. What did he do? He reported to the authority. Knowing fully well that Jesus would be in trouble. If they knew Jesus is the one who told him to uh, take the mat and walk. Then Jesus would be in trouble and yet he reported to the authority that it was Jesus who told me that. Very ungrateful, undeserving, self-centered. And yet Jesus healed him, my friend. That's mercy. That's what mercy is. Not because the man deserved the healing, but because Jesus wanted to help. He had compassion. We are who we are by God's mercy. We are who we are. Simply by God's mercy. Let us never forget that. Live your life always remembering God's mercy. That is what faith is. That is what Christian life is all about. This man experienced the mercy of Jesus, but never understood what that mercy was all about. He took it for granted. Jesus already knew what his life would be like. So Jesus came back to him and said this. See, you have been made well. Do not sin anymore. 
so that nothing worse happens to you. Forgetting God's mercy is sin. Forgetting God's mercy is sin. Remember God's mercy and be merciful to each other. I pray that your life is filled with mercy. I pray that you become the person who understands mercy, not only experiences mercy, but who understands mercy of God. And in return, be merciful to others around you. That's what beautiful life is all about. Let us sing together.